Hey guys, we have Ahilan Poonasamy here, um, an Austin resident, originally from India, and um, been here for, I think, 13 years, is that right? Yeah, yes, we've been here for 13 years, yeah. Yeah, so um, I recently started coaching him. Um, he just ran his 50-miler at um, Rocky Raccoon um, in Huntsville, Texas, um, and got into running in a totally unique way, which I have never um, experience. And so I wanted to share some of his story and, um, you know, he's actually is running without a stomach and, um, and how that's affected, you know, his life and how he's, um, had to adapt with his training and, um, and some of the cool goals that he has, um, to bring awareness to kind of some of the, the challenges that he's faced. So, um, Ahilan, yeah, take a second and just kind of tell us a little bit about you and um, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, thank you, Eric. Uh, nice to be here. Uh, just to introduce myself, I'm Ahilan Ponasamy. I'm 40 years old. Uh, I came to US uh, in 2005, so it's uh, more than 13 years now, uh, close to 15 years. And uh, as you mentioned, I, I started very late uh, into running. As I mentioned, I have never been uh, uh, physically active uh, before taking running. Uh, maybe here and there doing some uh, biking or uh, playing cricket sometimes here and there when I was young. Uh, other than that, I was not that active at all. Uh, but in 2017, I had a major surgery. Uh, so I was uh, diagnosed with uh, a, a type of cancer uh, called liposarcoma. Uh, so due to that, I had a big tumor in my stomach. And, uh, it you was said it was 2017? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. And then I had to uh, get rid of the stomach because it had a big uh, tumor. And after the surgery, uh, the recovery was going well. But then I felt I have been a lot of medication. So I could feel and smell the medication everywhere. Right, Everything I eat, ate I smelled, uh, uh, tasted like medicine. And I also started smelling like medicine. So I thought I should do something to get rid of it. And I also felt much better after the surgery because I had a lot of new blood uh, given in as part of the surgery and recovery. So after six months of feeling really sick, uh, suddenly I had a lot more energy. So I was uh, exploring few options. I started walking uh, and then uh, walking became more and more boring. Uh, so I was talking to my friends and I have a good friend called Jessica Harper who is a, who is into running and she's actually the three-time champion here in Austin for uh, 3M, if I'm not mistaken. So she... Yeah, uh, Jessica's really fast. Yes, yes. So when talking to her, she said, okay, why don't you start running? Just run as much as you can, as far as you can, take it easy and see how far you go. Uh, so I started uh, uh, slowly uh, walking and running. And then within a week, I was able to run uh, three to four miles uh, with walking, but then I felt uh, much better. In fact, I felt as if my toxins in the body that are accumulated through all the medication was going away. I I, I don't know whether it is real or it's just a feeling. Uh, but you it felt, felt you were sweating out. All yes, the... yes, all the toxins. Sure. And it was a hard summer in 2017, actually around uh, uh, around the uh, August, uh, uh, July August time frame. So I was like drenched after even one mile run. Uh, but from there, I slowly started building. I had a goal in 2017 uh, to feel normal. That was my goal after surgery because after surgery, I was hospitalized for close to a month. Uh, it was a long hospital stay for me. So I was always... You said it was about six weeks total or... Uh, oh, close to a month, close to four weeks in and out. Okay. Uh, 
so i was so dependent on others even to get out of my bed and then even uh, to walk around so i have to call someone so my goal for that year was uh, just to get back to normal so as part of that uh, goal i thought maybe i should uh, introduce or get into running more and more because that made me feel better and one thing i realized was when i am active when i am running i had bigger appetite as well because as you know once you lose your stomach you are starting all over again you are learning to eat like a baby you don't know what food will work what doesn't work what could have caused dumping syndrome so there a lot of learning that has been going on as well during that process so i was right uh, and you said you you have your stomach was taken out and so um so what does that look like you yeah, said your so, esophagus is- yeah the esophagus is connected directly to my intestine so automatically mm-hmm. when it happens there is a small pouch that is created but it cannot retain a lot of food it can retain maybe a very little amount of food so my eating habit right now is i eat maybe sometimes 8 to 10 times a day average 6 times a day but very small quantities and so, how many calories you know per meal with that right now because i have my body is able to accept i'm able to eat close to 1600 1700 calories but when i started i had lot of per, trouble not per meal but <laughs> overall overall yeah pretty, <laughs> pretty big meal yeah, yeah. so you're like in at 200 yes around around that yeah per, yeah 200 250 calories per per meal uh, and are you eating anything particular right now or is it a pretty common like types uh, of food Luckily, uh, in this year and last year, my food intake or the variety that I can take has significantly increased. But in the very first year, I had a handful of food that I can eat. I cannot eat uh, anything that is really sweet or anything that is really spicy. So it's uh, basically bread and certain type of Indian food that I could consume. but uh, one thing another thing that running has helped me recently is uh, my food intake has ta- uh, has uh, significantly increased as well as the variety of food i am able to tolerate now uh, is much better so i can now eat uh, anything other than extremely high sugar or extremely spicy anything in between mostly 80 to 90% of the common food that you see here or you can buy outside i can consume now but in smaller quantities And so what was happening when you would eat some of those other things? I mean, do you so still get, would you get heartburn or you have to just go to the bathroom? Yeah, I have to go to the bathroom most of the times or I have to throw up. Sometimes I I get dumping syndrome. So the one way I can explain is I get dizzy and I will be sweating out a lot as if the sugar has spiked up really high. Uh so I have to be very cautious trying new food. Uh so that is one of the reasons I initially struggled with running especially when I am uh, training for half marathon full marathon because I could not even drink water uh, let alone trying gel and other things initially uh, but now I have trained my body to a level where I can take those gels and certain type of food as part of my training as well Yes that's a whole new level of having to focus on your nutrition Yes and, yes yes um So tell us so you did uh when was that half marathon? Yeah so uh, so that I mentioned my goal was to feel normal that year so I started running and I was uh, constantly talking to Jessica she was guiding me through the process throughout and then in December I had my surgery in April and I was out of hospital in May first week uh, after a couple of uh, uh, times going in and out and then I started training around August and I finished my first half marathon in Dallas in December 2017 so it's like 3 months of training 
I was able to uh, finish my half marathon. I had only one goal for the half marathon uh, to run it without stopping or walking. And uh, I, uh, I I was glad that I was able to achieve that. It was slow. Uh, I, I finished it in around two hours and seven or eight minutes, uh, around 10 minute pace, but I was uh, oh, glad to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And you think about going from where you were yeah. a few months ago to. Yeah. I do um, believe uh, running I mean, one, a half marathon. Yes, Eric. One thing I do believe, I always tell my wife about it as well as I do believe uh, the blood donor I had uh, is a runner because uh, running came naturally to me after the surgery. I did not have to work hard to learn running. It was a natural process from where I was to be able to run that far uh, as, as well as uh, increase the mileage on a weekly basis. And the discipline automatically came to me. I did not have to work hard at all. So I do uh, definitely you think believe... that's from the blood? Yeah, I do believe that I got some runner blood. Uh, the, <laughs> that's why it may be a joke or it may be the reality, but I do believe <laughs> in it. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's cool to think about, you know, because you don't know necessarily where it comes from, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so so yeah, so all that happens, and and you have the half marathon, yeah, and then yeah, and then after how that, did you feel during that race? Like, tell us about like, yeah, because you said you couldn't eat, um, yeah, you weren't really able to eat as much or drink water. Yeah, so there are some mistakes I made. Uh, so I stayed with my brother in Dallas, who lived in uh, Frisco. So it is like a one hour drive to get to downtown. So we got there too early, right? So the race is at eight to eight fifteen start that year. But I got there around 5.30 itself. So I was out uh, standing and getting ready for the race for more than the actual race <laughs> itself. A couple hours. Yeah. yeah. And then I was, tired. I was so, too tired even before we started. So I did not eat anything, drink anything that morning. I was outside. It was uh, around... Were you nervous or anxious? Yes, I was about- too nervous. Uh, and I was very emotional as well. Just thinking about the journey I had gone through in the last uh, six months mm-hmm. to get there. Uh, so there was a lot of emotions. I was, uh, this, uh, I was, it was very cold, and I was standing outside for two hours. Uh, so even before the race was started, I was uh, almost like uh, drained. So the race was very difficult for me. Uh, at least at uh, uh, after mile six, I felt I knew I should stop, take a break. But I, I know that okay, if I stop, it's going to take uh, more time, and I may not even start again. So I just uh, kept running as slow as possible. I did not want to stop. Mm-hmm. But then looking back, uh, uh, I think uh, I was more nervous and I was uh, uh, there way too early to start the race because that definitely affected me at that, during that race. But well, uh, yeah, sure, you're standing around, you're, yeah. your legs are getting tired, yeah. you know, you haven't, you probably got up really early to get there at that time. Yeah, I got up and at 3.30 that day. <laughs> yeah, and you're not eating, so you're, you're kind of just burning calories sitting there. So yeah, yeah I've done races where I'm, you kind of like where well, the race is delayed and you linger. And I can't imagine for doing it for three hours, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. But so. actually the last three miles felt amazing, Eric, uh, uh, because again, I was just uh, thinking about, uh, okay, what my goal was for the year because it was that uh, December. So it was almost at the end of the year. So I, my goal was to be uh, independent or be normal that year. And I felt that if I'm able to finish that race, uh, that makes me feel normal because now I'm so independent at that point. I know what works for me and I'm physically in a better shape. Uh, so the last three miles was great. Uh, but then I did get my knee injured. I do have some problems with my right knee from my young age. 
so during that race uh, i felt uh, i i uh, aggravated something uh, so after the race i could not run for a month because it was there was a lot of pain for me gotcha and did you um you felt that more on the end of the run yes that's right yeah and uh and so and that's still something that you're kind of dealing with along the way with some of the knee issues, right? Yes, yes, yeah. I even have it now, uh, especially if I'm running in a new course, uh, which I'm not trained on. Uh, if it is hilly up and down, uh, my knee gets really beaten up. Right. Sure. Well, I imagine, especially on those downhills, and where you're living now is this pretty hilly area. That's so, correct, yeah. Um, just adjusting. Um, so, so, yeah, so tell us a little, tell me a little bit more about that last few miles. I'm just trying to, envision it and um get inside of you and wonder what you're feeling and i mean i know you're saying it's you know it's just you're feeling really kind of an adrenaline rush you're feeling excited yeah um you know what thoughts were going through your head yeah so so from mile six to nine i had a lot of doubts if i will be able to finish the race because my knee was hurting really bad i was starting to cramp up bad as well even though it was a colder day, uh, I I remember it's uh, getting up to 62, 63 degrees. And then I was sweating really bad that day. And sure. since I don't want to compromise the race, I did not drink water nor any gel. Uh, so around mile six, I started cramping up bad. Uh, and then uh, the knee also started hurting. But by, by around, once I crossed mile nine, I felt, okay, just four more miles and that's something I can run any day without any right. training. Uh, so I just focused on getting to the finish line. And uh, somehow I felt after mile 10, uh, the cramps went away and I was just uh, on uh, in, in just in a reflection mode of the journey I had gone through. I still remember the day I woke up uh, in the ICU with all the instruments beeping around me. And I had an awesome nurse next to me. Her name is actually Teresa, if I'm not mistaken. Tracy, sorry. Um, mm-hmm. And she was the only person around me and she was asking me how I'm feeling and all those things. Uh, so that's the that's the feeling I had from there to able to run a half marathon in uh, six months, especially I never ran before the surgery. I felt that that's a bigger milestone. Uh, and I was just overjoyed that, okay, I'm going to finish this no matter what. Even if I have to stop running after this, I don't care. I just have to finish it as a milestone of my recovery. Uh, but once I had that thought in my mind, it just time flew. And in fact, I was able to run faster the last mile, which I have never done in my training. In the line, my training the leading up to half marathon, uh, sometimes I, I usually joke that the last mile is like skating, right? I was uh, I was literally skating or, uh, on, on, the, on the pavement. My shoes, I don't even lift my leg. I just drag <laughs> it along. Uh, right. But uh, in Definitely. the actual race, the last mile was uh, one of the, I think, the fastest I have ever run before that. So I felt really great at the end. And what was the longest you had run before that? Uh, I did run training? the full, uh, I started, when I started running, it was uh, running around five, six miles long run. But uh, six weeks before the half marathon, uh, every Sunday I ran the half marathon distance. So I had run the full distance six times before the actual race. Oh, wow. Okay. So you got up your mileage up pretty quickly on those long yes, ones. Yes, yes, yes. How many uh, days a week were you running? I was averaging four days a week. So two seven-mile runs, one nine to 10-mile run, and one 13.1-mile one one run. That was my schedule for the for during that uh, training block. Okay, yeah. So that's, I think for a lot of people, that would be longer, um, pretty long runs. Yeah. And yeah. so, 
And any workouts were you doing or uh, just straight running? No, I stayed stayed running because one thing is uh, that actually made me really tired. Uh, and I did not want to introduce additional training and then compromise my running because my goal was to finish the race. Uh, and then running also felt natural, as I mentioned. I don't know why. Uh, uh, but once I started running and it became part of my routine, it felt very natural. Even though sometimes in the morning I feel, you know what, I don't feel like running. Then around noon, I feel like, you know, I should somehow get run today. And then evening, I just, uh, even if not really motivated, I just go out and start running. Once I run, the first mile might be difficult, but after that, it uh, gets much more easier. Uh, so I did not want to introduce additional workout because that felt like more burden for me. And uh, that is the case even now. Uh, the only workout I do uh, in these last three years is running. Uh, every time I feel down or I feel overjoyed, I just take my running shoes and go out. That, that's been my routine. Sure. Man, okay. So um so after that, yeah, you took some downtime yeah. and tried to let your knee recover. Um and so that was December twenty seventeen or eighteen? Yeah, yeah, twenty seventeen. And in the meantime, okay. actually I was uh, looking at what other people were doing because I did feel after finishing the race right away. Uh, I was, uh, uh, my brother took me to the, uh, to the bus terminus and on the way I was just thinking, you know what, what is next, right? Because I do know I am a, I am a creature of habit and I am very lazy in nature, right? If I don't have a goal to train towards, I will not keep up uh, anything I'm doing, right? I just, I'm not really motivated uh, naturally. I need to have right. a goal to work towards. Uh, but then uh, I was telling my brother, hey, I need to, I don't know, I'm feeling very tired, but I need to keep running. Uh, we were talking about it, and then I took the bus, I came down. And is he, uh, is your brother a runner too? He started running recently. In fact, uh, when I finished uh, my ultra marathon, a 50K race last year in uh, uh, Dallas, he ran full marathon with me. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yes. So, so he's training, he's on and off, but, uh, but he's more motivated and more disciplined than me. So I'm sure he's going to continue even without a, a, a race in the calendar every year. Okay. So okay. I'm like, just to yeah. get there, Eric, so just to continue with that. So well, coming back, I thought if I am able to run half marathon, I'm sure other people would have done something much more uh, uh, tougher than this. So I started searching in internet what others were able to do. And I read about uh, a runner in, uh, uh, I, I believe, Houston. Uh, she did a full marathon without a stomach. She was a runner before, but then she lost stomach due to cancer. And then she trained and ran a full marathon. So as soon as I read that, I, I went through the, her blog. And I understand I was able to relate to the same issues she had to go through. She had to learn what works for her in, in a uh, and what to drink, what to eat, how how she managed the electrolytes and all those things. Sure. And that became my next goal immediately. So I thought, okay, next goal I have is to uh, do a full marathon. That had to make you feel good to know that, like, hey, someone else has done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, made, it, it, it made me feel that, okay, now uh, the new normal that I want to achieve is not a half marathon. I want to at least go to a full marathon because this is doable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, in between I looked at marathon options and then I thought okay let's do it in Austin and Austin race was uh, uh, very close because I was recovering from my knee injury uh, so it was in February so I know I cannot get there in two weeks two or three weeks yeah 
so i i i i wanted to focus on 2019 austin marathon so in between i wanted to do something so i th- started training for ms 150 Uh, so i ride with the team here uh, team mighty fine so i started trading with them and i did my ms 150 in uh, may 2018 and then started again training for the marathon and i finished my full marathon in uh, february 2019 which is austin and ms 150 just in case everybody doesn't know is a bike ride from houston to austin that's correct is yeah. 100 and is it 160 something miles or Yeah so the route I took is less than 150 miles I think it is around 142 miles oh, okay uh, gotcha. uh, but they have three options uh, you can go up to 160 uh, I I took the least uh, uh, or the easiest option if you will and it was around 140 miles uh, give or take Gotcha I my family uh, my sister my brother my mom and I all did it when I was oh, yeah. in sixth grade and uh, I haven't done it since but um I love it. I want to do it again. It's there's some beautiful rides out there yeah, yeah. in the hill country. Yeah. Um so okay, so how that go for you? Yeah, it's a great team. I had a, a great team and uh, the team was really appreciative and you all go training. together? Yes, yes. Yes, okay. we all go together. We had our long uh, ride on Sundays. Uh so I I was uh, I tried to be as disciplined as possible because I do know uh bike riding I was a little scared. I don't know why. uh because uh, you sometimes go really fast in downhills and you're watching out for cars more than running yeah uh, it's but, scary yeah so i uh, that's one of the reason i always prefer to train as a group i never ride want to ride alone uh but as i mentioned team mighty fine is the team i train with they're awesome people very friendly and they were very supportive uh they were waiting for me to get uh, to the places where we want to go is that uh, from mighty fine burgers and fries that's right yeah <laughs> all right cool. I just uh, that's right. sure yeah yeah so it, it was easy because that uh, uh luckily that weekend uh there was no headwinds uh, it was like calm it was on it's around 60 degrees so even though day one i had some problems i got two flat tires as soon as i started within first 10 miles uh but then after that somehow i was able to finish uh, day 1 day 1 took longer than i anticipated i finished around 2:30 pm or 2:45 pm i wanted to finish around uh, 2 o'clock uh, but with two flat tires i did have to wait for someone to help me out uh because i did not have spare tube with me first time i had for the second for the flat tire i did not have okay uh, but day 2 was easier uh, we started around 6 o'clock given that there were no headwinds uh, we finished around 11:45 or so so we really we really enjoyed it it was a great experience that's cool man and so the, uh you, you're doing a lot of kind of epic stuff you know recently after the recovering and now you know you're headed into the marathon so that's in march that or that's in april and then you were going to do the austin marathon Yes, uh, that was in May, I think, uh, and then I wanted to train for Austin Marathon, and that is when I realized uh, if just because you did half marathon, uh, running a full marathon is just once uh, is the next step, right? Uh, actually, between half marathon and full marathon, I learned the hard way that uh, it does take a lot more steps than uh, looking at the distance perspective. Mm-hmm. because uh, uh i started hitting wall quite consistently around mile 15 to mile 18 based on how hot or how humid the day is during and training I don't, runs during the training runs i did not okay. have any solution i tried every possible gel that is available every possible food that is available but nothing worked for me 
uh, and it, it was what happened to you when you would hit the hit the wall there i get cramped up so bad uh, so i feel sometimes i get cramped up even in my jaws and teeth right so and i, I literally have to the pain is sometimes really bad uh, so i always think uh, the pain i faced when i uh, woke up from surgery and uh, i felt sometimes that this, uh, the pain i am going through while i was running uh, when i hit the wall and get cramped up to be more or worse than the surgical pain i had uh, right. but then but then so i had that severe. it was pretty severe but then i do uh, i do feel really bad about it but then half a day later i say okay i still have to finish that marathon right i do i need to figure out how to do that uh, so but then once the fall came and uh, the winter came uh, i was able to push to 20 miles before hitting the wall but i never had even a single run in the training block where the entire run uh, 20 22 miles i ran the maximum distance i ran during the training block was 23 miles okay uh, anything beyond 15 miles to 23 miles have always been a struggle gotcha and so so you think because of the cooler weather yeah cooler um, weather lower humidity yeah yeah i was able to push a little further so with my uh, with that training block uh, for austin marathon my goal was to at least run first 20 miles non stop and then take uh, the next 6 miles uh, based on how i feel so that was the goal i had going in uh, but uh, unfortunately the day was a little hotter that year if i'm not mistaken last year it was around 65 uh, 66 it went up to 66 which was kind of a problem for me because my tolerance level uh, i do not know about other runners but i have a very sensitive i'm more sensitive towards heat and humidity so the same run same route uh, on a good day when it was 40 degrees with 30% humidity and uh, 60 degrees with 80% humidity will be drastically different for me i struggle a lot when sure. it's uh, hotter and the humid so that day yeah, not in the hill your course and yeah, yeah. Yeah, the weather is sometimes unpredictable. Yeah, that time of year. So I I was able to get in the race. Uh, the race when the race started, it was okay. It was in forties uh, uh, that day. Uh, I started well. Uh, I crossed half marathon uh, around uh, two hours two minutes, uh, which was the fastest I ever ran half marathon at uh, till that time. So you're I, going through your full marathon at your half marathon pace. Yes, yes. Nice. So because I was I was feeling good at till that time. Sure. and i hit mile 17 i started cramping up uh, and then i felt oh my god i still have to get to 3 miles at least without stopping and uh, somehow i got to mile 20 and then uh, that's when i i realized i had to take something uh, so the only thing i had so you time had, you're not I, taking any food or, or... Till, till mile 20 i have not i did not take anything but i had trained uh, to take some baby food during my long runs Uh, mm-hmm. two or three weeks before the marathon so they were actually doing okay for me they gave me like 60 to 80 calories the type of baby food i took uh, so at mile 20 i took one serving of baby food uh, and that did help me a little because that was able to get me to mile 23 and at mile 23 i really felt bad i was feeling dizzy and i, I thought i'm going to quit uh, but then again i realized the same thing okay three more three miles, miles i may not run again ever but <laughs> let me finish the three more miles and i did have a couple of friends on the course helping me out uh, jessica was there and i had other friends uh, from work 
who are there on the course as well uh, so they really uh, they all cheered for me so i i was able to get from mile 23 to mile 26 but looking back uh, i think that 3 miles was uh, one of the toughest i have run uh, so far the last 3 yeah during the marathon yeah and you know austin kind of finishes with a pretty significant uphill yeah so i walked it i did not even try to run mm-hmm. because i had cramped up so bad I did not want to risk my run uh, trying to run up the hill and then crashing on top of it right so I just walked up the hill <laughs> so you could finish it yeah yeah mm-hmm. so you did it though yeah I did it yeah and what was your um what's your time end up being 42115 so it is 11 minutes 15 seconds slower than my goal pace uh but yeah i, I did not feel great about it but then uh, finishing it was the, the milestone i wanted to achieve so it was okay <laughs> Yeah, and I think in perspective like um you know, you can make set goals for all these things and there's so many variables. Yeah. Um so it's good to have, but I think just being open to the you know, your I think for me, you know, I'd say your main goal is to finish it yeah. and then yeah, you have this pace challenge. Yeah. Um and that's, you know, that's a super fast time for, you know, the, for a lot of people and I think you know, just haven't been able to come from where you were to a marathon and you know that amount of time is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um so okay, yeah, so you finished it and then yeah, I then the same thing have... happened the same evening I was at, my, at the couch then I started thinking what is next, right? Because I know as I mentioned if I don't have a goal I'm not going to run. Uh so then Did I really... feel super I um you know people there's the I'm sure you've heard of the the runners high and you know after that race how did you feel? I accomplished and um, I feel I feel a kind of more gratitude towards uh, what I was able to achieve I did not feel I, I don't think I felt uh, really proud of the achievement or something because when I finished my half marathon I was really high I felt mm-hmm. like I have done something amazing in the world right but then uh, uh, when I finished my full marathon I was so tired uh, and I had a lot of friends there <laughs> and the friends have uh, most of the people who were there around me after i finished my half my full marathon uh, my brother couldn't come he was in uh, dallas at that time but uh, apart from my brother uh, everybody who was there at the finish line have are who cheered for me during the course were the people who helped me get through the surgery so i was uh, okay. really happy to see them there and i was kind of emotional i i i uh, i felt i i think i did cry when i crossed the finish line because uh, i i thought that would never happen but i i i it was very emotional for me to cross the finish line and then see the people who had helped me all all, all along the journey so far uh, waiting for oh, me yeah. there i can i can't even imagine and um and you know like those last few miles were really hard were in your half marathon you yeah. felt really great yes, to finish yes. Yes, yes and so i think you had to really struggle to yeah. get to finish this and and you went through at you know such a fast pace versus um you know you went through at your fastest half marathon pace yeah, yeah. um through your marathon and then you had to you know still hang on to finish it yes, so yes. i think that's you know that's epic and i'm sure you were you were you know exhausted and so tired you didn't really yes yes, yes. you just wanted go to sleep probably <laughs> yeah yeah i couldn't sleep actually a few days i couldn't sleep because i was just thinking a lot about what is next uh how can we uh, take uh, the success and support i have been having so far in the journey to so help others right something happened uh, 
to me during the race where i realized you know what i i am sure i can uh, go further uh, but if i can go further uh, rather than just uh, making it my own journey uh, what can i do to help others right so that's the thought process i had uh, mm-hmm. after i finished my marathon because uh, as if as i told you i was not feeling really high but i was very thankful that uh, i had the second chance and so i have so much uh, wonderful people around me who are there supporting me day in and day out uh, to get me out of it right how many people are gifted that way i'm one of the very lucky people uh, very few people who are who who uh, is fortunate enough to go and survive uh, go through and survive a big surgery and then have a great life uh, with a good job good people around uh, so i had to i never had to worry about uh, my life or my children's life or my family uh, ever in when i was going through this surgery or when i uh, during my recovery so that's a gift i have but a lot of people do not have that gift so i was thinking about it and uh, exploring few things or thinking about few options to see how i can uh, uh, influence others or help others uh, who have who are going through a tough situation but who do not have the support network right so that was been a thought process uh, uh, from then on uh, when i say then on it is after i finished my marathon gotcha and so what came to mind you know what what did you think you could do to to help folks uh, so so one thing i thought was initially i was very private about uh, my situation i was very reluctant to share my journey with uh, anyone else outside uh, my known network people who are close to me for yeah what do you think so yeah for two reasons one thing is i felt that uh, uh, i feel that if i do that i get uh, more leeway right people th- st- start sympathizing about my journey i never want anyone to do that so i want always to be judged uh, just like others right be it in work or be it outside i don't want uh, to take advantage or uh, others to feel sorry for oh, the journey i'm going through and that gives me uh, additional options or additional time whatever you can uh, think of it that way so i don't want to be treated differently just because i'm going through a tough journey so that's made me very private uh, in the journey i went through so i never wanted to share it with uh, people whom i don't know uh one thing i realized after my marathon was uh, maybe that's not a good idea right because uh, going through this journey and going through something like this uh and if you are able to share the story and because you are sharing that story you are able to help others um uh, maybe that's a good idea to do that so now i am much more open to share my story with others uh and uh, trying to see if i can uh, uh Uh, different options to see how i can help others going through a similar journey like me got yeah so then um so you start with this idea of helping people and then you have you finish the marathon and what else is on your mind in terms of what's next yes yeah, so so that's i finished marathon i thought okay why don't i go further because uh, one thing i realized was uh, i really don't enjoy speed workouts as i was mentioning to you before because that really beats me down uh, when whenever i try to do speed workout i get really beaten up uh, it takes me longer longer time to recover maybe i still have to ri- strike the right balance but then uh, running farther uh, every week uh, running 1 mile farther actually motivates me even it's a slower pace uh, but uh, getting to that new distance the uh, new unknown distance that i can meet actually is a, is, is a motivating factor for me so that okay after full marathon why not i go and try 50k uh, so let's start with road 
and see if I can get to 50k. I do know that I have uh, nutritional challenges and I do know that even marathon was a big struggle for me. Uh, but then I thought, okay, why don't we go a little further and see if I can get to 50k. So I started training towards that uh, and I did complete my 50k in Dallas last December. That was but, on the road or on that's trail? on the that's on the road. It's part of the uh, Dallas Marathon itself. They have introduced this 50k race two years back. So I took that. I signed up, and uh, that was an interesting journey as well. It was really tough for me to finish the distance because uh, again, it was a hot day. It was 70 degrees that day, uh, and around mile 20, I started getting cramped up, and uh, the last 11 miles was a struggle. And rather than last six miles, it's now 11 miles. Uh, <laughs> But then I, I, I was able to finish it. It was I was again off pace by 13 minutes. Uh, I wanted to finish, the, finish it around 5.07. I finished it at 5.20. But then again, uh, I, I was able to finish it. So that was, uh, ha- that was uh, a, a happy outcome that I wanted at, at the end of the race. Well, yeah, and I think you were, were you closer to your goal pace on that than you were on the marathon? Uh, two minutes. How- yeah, uh, average pace, yes. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're um, typically the further, you know, the longer you're raised, the the more variables there are. And, yeah, the, yeah. you know, you could be an hour off and it not be that big of a deal. That's right. Yeah. So, so that's awesome. You were, you said 11 minutes? 13 minutes uh, off, uh, but uh, yeah. Okay. So, and what was the hardest part about that for you? Yeah, so the, again, the same things. I started cramping up around mile 19 there. There was a small uh, footbridge that I had to cross uh, when we run around the lake. If, you're, if you are familiar with the course in Dallas, you will run around the lake and you come out, come back onto the main trail. And there was a small wooden bridge that you have to cross. And that's around mile 19.5 or so. And with all the runners, it was shaking. And uh, when I crossed that, I was so dizzy. I was so tired. And uh, I felt uh, uh, that's going to be the end of the race. And from that point onwards, uh, the next four or five miles was like a mighty struggle with multiple cramps. I have to walk it out. Uh, Every step I take, uh, I get cramps at different parts of the body. So it was a mighty struggle. But then again, uh, once I uh, took the baby food, I took one serving of baby food around uh, uh, mile 23. And uh, once it started settling down, uh, somehow I felt a little better. But then after three miles, which is mile 26 to mile 31, uh, it was a mighty struggle. I had literally had uh, 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 the, the worst pain I have suffered, uh, more than the marathon race, right? So it was like learning new things every race. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I can't even imagine. And, um, But you keep getting, you know, further and further before you hit the wall, you know, before you start That's to right. struggle. So That's where right. it was mile... 10 i think you yeah. know and a half and then 17 or yeah. in the full and now you're at 19 so yeah. so you're improving that's you right, know, yeah. along the way yeah um so, so that's one thing really cool. I re- one thing i realized was uh, initially i was not a disciplined runner uh, when i say i'm not a disciplined runner when i was training in uh, trails and the road uh, i i do not really pace myself well so if i see some other runners running faster than me uh, without even realizing it, I start running faster, right? Just to keep up. Uh, but slowly I have learned myself to pace myself, uh, listen to my heartbeat, listen to my foot strike. I do not run with my headphones on or earphones on. I always try to 
uh, watch how i breathe how i how, how how is my heartbeat how do i strike my foot and the rhythm it creates right the the, the rhythm of listening to your own uh, heartbeat your foot strike and your breathing uh, that's something i really enjoy uh, so, so you're kind of really in the moment there yeah. when you're running just yeah. listening and feeling everything now i'm forced to because every small variable affects me especially in my long run Mm-hmm. So I'm actually very nervous to think or let my thoughts wander. I am always thinking of, okay, is my heartbeat proper? Am I, uh, is my food strike uh, uh, in the proper way? Or I'm using the right foot more powerful than the left foot? Uh, is, my, is my breathing under control? So that's something I'm periodically listening to and I'm trained to it right now. Uh, to an extent, actually, I was telling my friends the last year, uh, when I, I used to run on the same course uh, during my weekend long runs. I started listening to other people who are running and uh, surprisingly within three months I was able to realize okay if someone is running behind me I was able to think okay this should be that guy or this should be that girl and I started getting them right because I'm so in tune with the sounds around me and just by the foot strike I can say okay this is John he's running behind me and John is the guy whom I used to meet quite often there in the trail and I started getting them right as well so that is something I enjoy too now. Doing so my tell, yeah, by the footsteps, like yeah, yeah. who it was. And, yeah. and one thing I think is cool too, that this is kind of like, can be meditative um, in a certain way because you're just focused, you're so tuned in to everything. Yeah, yeah. that's actually um, a great point, Eric, because after my long runs on Sunday, I'm completely drained out. Uh, it is kind of a reset button. So it doesn't, uh, it's like even you had a great week or a bad week or uh, you have great uh, initiatives going on. It doesn't matter. When I come back home after my long run on Sundays, I'm completely drained out. So I'm starting uh, really from zero at that point. So it's like a reset after every week. Sure. Um, so you get through this 50K and then you probably go back home and you're in that same state of yes yes <laughs> yes I was, I, yeah i was looking at what is next and then i realized uh, um, maybe i have at that time i had maybe six or seven months in u.s because i was uh, thinking of moving closer to home either to india or singapore so i was exploring opportunities so i do know at that point maybe i have one more race to run in u.s uh, before okay. uh, the, my ultimate goal I was looking at a few options to see if I can get into trail running and try to uh, get to a 50-mile race. Uh, so I had only eight or nine weeks left at that time, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 10 weeks uh, between the time I realized, okay, I want to try a 50-mile race and then found a race which is uh, uh, closer to February-March time frame. So I just blindly went and registered for it, right? I did not, I have not read, uh, done even a single trail run when I signed up for a Rocky Raccoon, a Raccoon 50 mile. So this was, was like three months later? Uh, this was three months later, but that I took uh, two weeks off after my marathon. So in the day I signed after up, I had like 10 weeks, yeah. Gotcha. So 10 weeks from the finish of a 50K yeah. or, or 12 weeks, but then 10 weeks from when you signed Training. up. Training, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's kind of you've been building up gradually and and then having some downtime, but then jumping right back to it. Yes, yes. But um, then uh, you're still running like four days a week. Four days a week, but but for that block, uh, the uh, ultra marathon fifty mile training block, I did run five days a week, 
Okay. I did uh, back-to-back long runs on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, for me, long runs is anything about 13.1. Uh, so that's how I classify long runs. Uh, so uh, I was gradually running uh, 20 miles on Sunday, uh, 16, 15, 14 miles or 13 miles on Saturday. Uh, I was able to do that for uh, four or five weeks. Uh, and then I had to slowly, uh, I was really beat up at that time. I was feeling very tired. Mm-hmm. So last three weeks, I took it easy. Uh, the long runs were like 13, 13 on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but surprisingly, among all the races I have run so far, uh, the Rocky Raccoon uh, 50 miler was the perfectly executed race for me because I did not cramp up. I did not uh, run uh, the first half of the race like a madman and then <laughs> uh, and then really uh, tail off or really suffer the last half. I took it very easy. I wanted to enjoy the race because I, I realized at that point this could very well be my last race in US. So I really wanted to enjoy uh, everything I could. So I took it very easy. I ran very slow the first uh, 25 mile loop. I wanted to finish the first 25-mile loop in 4 hours, 30 minutes. And I finished it in 4 hours, 28 minutes, 30 seconds or something. So I was very close to my pacing strategy. Mm-hmm. And the second uh, loop, I took it very easy as well. I ran all downhill. I walked uphill. And at mile 40, uh, I realized uh, I'm uh, a little ahead of the schedule. So I took it very easy. Last 10 miles. I pretty much uh, uh, ran only a few miles here and there, but I walked pretty much uh, the rest of the rest of the way. So it was a really good race. At the end of the finish line, I did feel I could have done 12 more miles to make it 100K. So that's how I felt. I did not feel beat up. I had a little more energy to go. I definitely could have done uh, 100K that Never day. hit the wall, never really... Yeah. Had a major struggle in there? Yes, yes. Because at the, by then, between my full marathon and this uh, 50 miler, I had found a couple of food options that work for me. So there is honey stinger. Uh, there is a gel uh, option available that is made with honey. Uh, so that actually worked well for me. I was able to take that. And then I was uh, so the salt pills were working for me as well. Okay. Uh, so uh, during that race, I was uh, taking uh, gels every six miles once. And whenever I decided to walk for 10 minutes, I took small piece of quesadilla or uh, some bread they had. Uh, so that was uh, so from nutrition wise, since I was able to take more food and uh, salt pills, I did not hit the wall during that race. And also I was I'm relatively slower in that race compared to uh, my road uh, road races before. Right, because the trail race is going to be, you know, naturally slower because it's on the trail with more roots and rock, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, windy trail, um, yeah. and just different terrain. So yeah, yeah. And I'm also very careful and cautious because uh, I have never fallen before, uh, but I did uh, fall twice uh, during the race and uh, tripped over at least twenty, thirty times. So I was always watching out for the roots in front of me uh, and. Uh, I try to find out uh, the least resistance uh, option available, right? So, so that that way, I was always uh, uh, f- more focused than running on road. I don't think I ever looked at the watch every five minutes once, like I do when I'm running on the road during mm-hmm. the race. That actually helped me a lot. And what what about having the aid stations? You know, versus the, you know, these on a trail race, you have 
all kinds of food. It's a little more like laid back atmosphere. Yeah. People are hanging out, talking, you know, did you think that affected you? Yeah, um, that, that really affected me because uh, as I mentioned, my mindset had changed significantly after my full marathon. So I was more friendly, uh, willing to talk to people around me during my trail race. So in fact, the second loop, the entire 25 miles, I was always chatting to someone who is very close to my pace. Uh, and then we were sharing different things. And I found a lot of interesting uh, perspective on how people came into running. I saw a person who was around 65 years old, who has been doing it for 30 years. And then I saw another person who just started three years back. So there's like a variety of people, variety of different perspectives. And people are more friendly because they know it's a long day and they cannot run it alone, right? So they are looking for people to talk to and then share ideas with. Uh, that was very helpful. And also uh, the aid stations were awesome, right? Uh, especially in a loop two, when you're really tired, I don't even remember removing my uh, hydration pack. I just have to go into the aid station. I just unclip it. They take it off. They fill it. They give it to you and they guide you. Oh, this is another than the seven miles. You have the aid station. What do you want? So that the, that atmosphere was much more relaxed. And uh, uh, friendly, if you will, uh, compared to a marathon uh, aid station where you're just grabbing things and running. Yeah, I think um, it's a whole totally different atmosphere and environment, which I think is why a lot of people really enjoy doing the yeah. uh, the trail runs. And so, yeah. I just I can't believe I mean I can't believe it, but I'm just really impressed that uh, first of all that you were able to to complete that in that amount of time, and then also you know without a significant struggle, you know, yeah. I think doing all the, all the stuff on the road, you know, I think got your pace down a little bit faster yeah. and then you were able to, um, just, you know, crush that 50 miler. Um, so, so yeah, tell, um, I want to hear a little bit more too about your thoughts on, um, bringing awareness to, to kind of what you're going through and, um, and the surgery and, and helping folks. Yeah. So there are two things I want to do. So one thing is uh, I want to be able to help a few people uh, who are going through a similar journey, who has uh, a stomach cancer or something related to that, uh, and uh, they end up losing stomach. And one thing, if you are not familiar with people without stomach is few of them or most of them will be uh, required to have a feeding tube. Uh, so for some time or for a very long time uh, and then get food uh, uh, a different type of food or formula uh, fed to them and that is not cheap uh, even uh, when I had surgery for the first three months I had a feeding tube or close to three months I had a feeding tube and I was uh, getting uh, nutrition fed through that or formula fed, fed through that because uh, given that your food intake is really low uh, it is not uh, enough for you to sustain your life, right? You need external nutrition. So the best way to get you better nutrition is to get directly feed you through a feeding tube in your stomach or uh, to your intestine. Right. Um, and uh, people in uh, developed countries like US uh, with good uh, uh, insurance coverage, they don't have to worry about that. But uh, there are thousands, uh, if not uh, more patients outside uh, the Western countries, in developing countries like Africa and India and other uh, South Asian countries who do not have uh, that support system in place. 
and i was reading some blogs and articles where uh, when these uh, when they know that yes they have to go through this journey where they might have to lose the stomach and they might have to have external feeding for a long time uh, given the financial condition they have they will be just given pain medication and ask them to go home uh, so that really struck me hard uh, so one thing i am looking at uh, doing as a fundraising exercise is uh, to be able to uh, do a 100 mile race and uh, uh, create uh, uh, funding uh, and c- c- create a funding program around that and see if we can raise some funds to support a few patients uh, uh, outside us uh, uh, who can uh, who cannot afford this treatment uh, so that's the goal i have uh, i do not know where to start yet i do know that i want to do that either in 2021 or 2022 but uh, but uh, i do not know how easy it is going to be uh, to set up some fundraising goals and uh, who, who can help me with that uh, finding the right patients whom we can support all those things are yet to be figured out sure well i think if just kind of starting the platform so and sharing kind of your story i think is is important and that's what i want to be able to do is uh you know expose that so everyone you know who's listening and people that know you can help um, in their own way. And I think, have you picked, um, a hundred mile? Yeah. So next thing I want to do is a hundred K race, Eric. So one thing I'm looking at is to doing a hundred K race hmm. in Singapore, I don't know that. Singapore in, uh, uh, this year, maybe around October, I found a race, uh, it's a road hundred K in Singapore. If we end up going to Singapore, I want to be able to do that. Or in India also, if we end up there, there are a couple of 100K races uh, that I want to try this year and uh, see if uh, I'm ready for 100 miles because I do know a 100-mile race is uh, just like I learned from half marathon to full marathon is just double the, not just double the distance, it's a lot more than that. I'm sure 50 mile to 100 mile uh, is uh, uh, a magnitude higher <laughs> than that, right? So I do know I have to go right. through a lot more learning. Uh, so let's see how the 100K goes. Uh, but my preference is to do a 100 mile here in US uh, uh, for a couple of reasons. One thing is I got into running here and I'm, I do believe uh, the surgeons and the medical crew I had here is the main reason I am alive today. Uh, so given that uh, affinity and given that history, I do want to do my 100 mile race here as much as possible. Uh, but let's see how I go, uh, how I get to my 100K race. And if I'm able to successfully complete it, then I will worry about 100 mile race next. Sure. Um, and so you're going to be moving. Um, I think you said you you had plans to move and now because of the COVID virus, yeah. um, it's pushed back a little bit. So when are you planning on moving? So I'm exploring a few options, Eric. So I, I still believe I'll be able to move uh, once things start opening up in a couple of months. So I'm thinking of maybe June timeframe, uh, either to Singapore or India. Uh, my preference is still Singapore. I do have some things lined up there. Uh, if everything works out, I should be there in June. Uh, and then if I get there in June, I should be able to do my 100K race in October. That's the goal I have. Okay, gotcha. And and one thing that's different about Singapore, like you've been saying um, to me when we're working on your training plan, is that the the weather. So tell me, yeah, tell us a little bit about the difference there. Yeah, so it is going to be really hot. It's very close to the equator. Uh, so either it is going to be very hot and less humidity during the day, or relatively cooler nights with very high humidity. Right. So either way, you get uh, beat up. Uh, so that's what I have found. 
so either you run at 95 degrees temperature at uh, 60 degrees or 50 degrees humidity during the day or you end up running at 80 degrees in the night with uh, 85 to 90% humidity so that is going to be a mighty <laughs> struggle for me uh, sure. given my history i and i got i tasted that today somehow because i was running uh, during lunch time today it was uh, 85 felt like 89 with 63% humidity and i can tell you it is one of the toughest runs i have ever done <laughs> yeah it does feel uh today was really humid yeah and yeah especially being like springtime we're used to the cooler weather so that's right yeah it's starting to hit us and yeah i know i was sweating a lot more today yeah. um so you know maybe it just means backing off the paces a little bit yeah yeah and um you know focusing on getting that those longer runs out and yeah. you said there's not really any hills or mountains there either right based on the information i could gather on internet uh, it is relatively really flat uh, the highest uh, uphill run they have in the course is 150 feet elevation gain across uh, half a kilometer So okay. it is like one percent inclination or something. So it's not really the entire course seems to be flat. Got yeah. That's on the is that on the route the route for the race? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. Um, they won't have to deal with that. Um, yeah. So cool. Well, you know, when we get a platform or when you get a platform set up, you know, we'll post it on the on the notes in the podcast so people yeah. can follow along and and support you, and we'll we'll post it on our social too. Um you know what would you just kind of wrapping up what are some things you might tell someone that has going through something similar about to you know how do you keep um I imagine it's easy like you're saying sometimes you don't want your mind to drift too much but I imagine it's really difficult for some people and and I'm really impressed with how well you've stayed it's almost like um not keeping things personally like why me why me but focused on what's good in your yeah. life right now and how you can you know connect with other people yeah um so it's very inspiring and i'm just you know would love to hear from you if you have some thoughts on on how other people can follow along with that yeah th- thank you rick so th- first thing is acceptance rick so something i am uh, i think i'm gifted with is just to accept the situation i remember very first day when i walked into my uh, doctor's office uh, 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 he show looked at the uh, uh, scan report and said you know what i'm very sorry to say that uh, it's really bad uh, i felt really bad for like half an hour but then when i was driving home i thought okay at least uh, i do have some time uh, to get uh, my family ready for uh, things to come if i don't uh, survive for long imagine a person who's going on the road and uh, getting killed in an accident right he does not even have that opportunity So once I had that thought in mind uh, I started immediately accepted that okay this is a situation I have I may have 10 weeks or I may have 10 years I do not know uh, but let me get prepared for that and that actually changed everything the way I looked at life right so totally changed me saying okay this is what it is uh, uh, there's nothing worse can happen from now on uh, everything I can do is uh, maybe going to help me to uh, improve or uh, make it better and uh, once i had surgery uh, and i i was i recovered i say as i mentioned that uh, earlier i had lot more energy and i was in less pain thanks to painkillers so i i uh, sure. i i started okay okay now i feel better so let's try getting back to normal uh, try different food and uh, also i never had to worry about uh, my next meal right because i had a good job i had good uh, uh, 
people around me who are helping me in day in and day out so the once we accept the situation what we are in and always look at okay how can we improve uh, and then uh, have constant goals to meet on periodic basis things will follow and uh, i also uh, feel i am very lucky enough or fortunate enough to have a lot of people working for me uh, even uh, when i was thinking about moving to india or singapore i am surprised that uh, so many people want to help us right uh, you just have to ask for help uh, if you are willing to ask for help and if you are willing to work and be positive on any situation because you are able to accept the situation you are in i think things will work out yeah i think just kind of becoming vulnerable and having some humility to be able to ask for help you know says a lot and and helps you helps people kind of relate and empathize and just be able to connect with you um you know rather i think and maybe running helped that happen in a certain way because you're saying you wanted to start running to help people and and see you know how far you can go with it so i'm you know i'm super excited um to follow along with you and um you know yeah do you have um any do you have a website or uh, Instagram, Facebook that people can follow along? Uh, right now, I'm not uh, recording or tracking anything, uh, Eric, uh, but I want to do that as soon as possible. So one gotcha. thing I want to do is uh, once uh, things settle down right now, I'm well, there's so many things going on. I recently sold my home. I am an Airbnb. I do not know where I'm going to end up in a couple of months. A lot of things, uh, moving parts around me. Uh, so once things settle down, I want to create a website where I uh, want to track uh, my journey. Uh, towards my 100k as well as uh, my 100 mile uh, race goal and also start uh, uh, the fundraising and then sharing different perspective on how people around the world are uh, going through this journey and how as a team or as a community we can help them Uh, so hopefully by june july time frame i should have something up and uh, we'll be able to share yeah i think it's really exciting and especially right now while people aren't you know, we're, we're in this self-isolation kind of thing or physical distancing that you, you know, I'm guessing there might be some opportunities to, to create some like zoom, you know, chat rooms where people across the world can, can log in and talk to each other that are going through something like that and talk to people that have gone through it and some, you know, some inspiring stories like you have. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I think it's really awesome. And I'm, I'm excited to follow along, like I said, and, and when you do get, um, you know, a fundraising page and website and, uh, we get your, any Instagram or Facebook accounts, we'll, we'll post them on our notes too and share it on our, on our blog and, uh, our social sites. Thank you. So, yeah, Ailan, I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing your story and, um, um, best of luck with your move and your training and your upcoming hundred K and, you know, we'll be in touch. Okay, awesome, you guys. Once again, that was Ahilan Punusami, local runner of Austin, Texas, and soon to be moving back to um, India, it sounds like. But um, what an awesome story about, um, you know, his perspective through such a challenging time and how this actually got him into running. And, um, you know, oftentimes I think I notice, um, feel like I'm struggling um, on certain things. And then just to hear someone who, 
like Ahilan, you know, has gone through a life-changing experience, doesn't have a stomach, and is basically just trying to survive. And now he got into running and ran a marathon and a 50-miler and is now um, planning to run 100K um, and maybe even a 100-miler and how he feels like he can bring um, visibility to help other people going through such a challenging time. And I think it's awesome and uh, really appreciate you guys listening in. Um, you can find all our podcasts on iTunes, um, on Net, oh, not on Netflix, sorry, on Spotify and Stitcher. Um, also check us out on trail underscore roots, um, on our Instagram. We're going to be doing some live strength classes, uh, during COVID-19, um, time so that people that don't have access to workouts and their community, um, can, can chime in. So, We look forward to hearing from you and thanks again for listening.